behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Ah, yes. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everyone. I am Jason Stormer, along with the usual suspects that you hear on this program. We got Artist Woods and A.J. Fredrickson back this week for another in-depth conversation about Vikings training camp. A lot going on, gentlemen. Uh, Some players potentially resolving their contract resolutions. Maybe some free agents visiting as well. Plus, we can recap the... uh, MLB trade deadline for the Minnesota Twins. We can definitely get into that. And maybe also a little Minnesota wild discussion as well. Maybe a player re-signing with them too. Guys, how are you feeling this week? We're a week into training camp. Lots to talk about. A lot going on. Yeah, you know, it's uh we're like I've said this, I think, the past like the past like seven shows. Like the, the NFL is never in an off season. It's just like how active everybody is. And now we're getting to the you're you're pre you're boiling the water if you're making pasta if that makes sense you know you're you're getting ready to set the table you got the ingredients out uh, people are back and the good news is they have arguably their most important ingredient back on defense Daniel Hunter which we'll talk about probably at some point here uh, but I'm feeling good I'm feeling good artist I'm feeling good as well man again training camp is underway we've had training camp for what about a week now. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been about a week, so like you said, a lot to discuss there. It's hot outside, though, man. I will say that. Like, <laughs> I complain so much about the winter when it's cold. You think I'd, I'd be used to it coming from Wisconsin, but man, it's just when you deal with the the cold, the extreme cold, and then the extreme heat. It's like it's never any in between, and I hate it. But outside of just sweating all day, every day, uh, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling 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 pretty good. Minnes- the heat is messing with my speech. Can you tell? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Minnesotans and their incessant need to talk about the weather. The state fair is right around the corner, by the way, too, guys. It, if it's, it, it's, if it's this hot, I might not make it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, normally the state fair, it's normally just like it's boiling. It's always typically like 90 degrees. I mean, it's late August. I mean, what are you going to do? But that's when the state fair is, and I'm still going to eat a lot of fried food. That's totally my intention, but um, just classic Minnesotas talk to, to, talk, to start here on uh, Taxi Squad. But, yeah. A lot going on with Vikings training camp, guys. Not just like the X's and O's being broken down. Uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell coming up with new schemes on offense. Brian Flores coming up with really fun, new, exciting things on defense. There's still a lot going on behind the scenes, too. Talked about a contract resolution with Daniil Hunter. It has been done. Now, this was kind of an interesting trail of events because actually for a 24-hour period, it looked a little bit grim about Daniil Hunter's future with the Vikings because back on Saturday... Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that morning that Minnesota was actually open to trading Daniil, that contract talks in terms of long term just really weren't going anywhere. And so uh, when I woke up to that, I was just like, oh, boy, okay, I guess um, maybe Daniil's probably played his last game in a Vikings uniform. My goodness, how just how things have changed here. But then 24 hours later on Sunday morning, Tom Pelissero reported that they agreed to the deal, which uh, uh, to the new deal, which is a one year, 20 million deal, um, 20 million dollar deal, 17 million guaranteed, no franchise or transition tag provisions on that guys we were all on the record last week talking about you know what exactly was this defense going to look like if Daniel Hunter wasn't on this team in 2023 
They got it figured out. It is a one-year deal. It kind of leaves things up in the air about Daniil's long-term future with the Vikings. But ultimately, for this season, they got the man paid because he had a terrible contract before. And ultimately, I think this Vikings defense is going to be better because of it. Yeah, I like it. Obviously, we again, we've been talking about this for a while now, and I'm glad that they got it done. I don't think they had a choice, guys. <laughs> I don't think they had much of a choice. Like they they had to sign him. And I was a little thrown off by the fact that he, that they only signed him to a one-year deal. Um maybe they have a plan going forward, but I mean, overall, I'm happy that it got done. Everybody seems to be happy with the move. Everybody seems to be happy with the signing. Now they can move on to some other important signings that they need to get done. But this needed to get done as soon as possible. Like you gotta, you gotta shore up that position because you have no one else and you have no other options because you didn't draft anybody, you haven't traded for anybody. I don't think anybody out there on the, on the free uh, free agent market is is really gonna suffice. In all honesty, um, so you had to get this done. They had no choice, and I, I'm glad that they came to that resolution and they got it done. Yeah, and I would say credit to us because about a week ago we said, hey, guys, let's get the ball rolling here. Make your minds up. And then 48 hours later, look, lo and behold, guess what happens? Daniil Hunter penned pen to paper. So, uh, artist Jason, congratulations on getting – I mean, we're, I think as a show we're going to take maybe like 30% of the credit on that signing. So we, can, we, yes, get 30%, we can do more. We're, 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 we are going to record 30% of his sacks this season. So when that time comes, congratulations on your first NFL sack, everybody. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's an impact player. Just like, just like artists just said, you had to do this after you lost to Darius Smith, you needed this presence. Brian, Brian Flores does not come. You can't bring in Brian Flores to like rehaul your defense. And then, you know, it's like, it's like hiring a guy to like take care of your, your lawn and you say, hey, I have I have lawnmower, I have like shears, I have a weed whacker. And then you get there and it's like, here's some like safety scissors. Have have fun. No, you can't do that. You he needs right. he needs his riding lawnmower, and that's what Daniil Hunter is. Yeah, this was absolutely necessary, like you guys said, for the Vikings, because I, I believe that Marcus Davenport isn't currently practicing for the team. Uh, I don't know how much injury-related issue that is, but, I mean, he's missing time, but I don't think it's a long-term or a big deal. I think Kevin O'Connell has been on record saying that. Like, he's going to back in the swing of things, too, as Daniil gets back in the swing of things as well. This defense, I mean... <laughs> I'm already, if Daniil was actually going to be traded, I mean, then I would already be thinking in terms of like the draft next year, be like, all right, what kind of edge rushers are out there in 2024? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's a pretty, I won't say it's like a, a barren cupboard or anything like that, but you know, we have a lot of questions about just the depth of the defensive line for the Vikings and to just lose Daniil would have been, I think, a big gut punch, especially this late too. like we're into training camp. It is go time. We're getting these playbooks figured out and everything and to like trade a really big centerpiece of either your offense or your defense. This kind of late in the game would have been tough, not only for the Vikings, but also would have been tough for Daniil to go to a different team, learn a whole new playbook, whole new system, everything like that. This just worked best. For both sides. And Daniil is on the record. Um, I know, like, again, this is a one-year deal. He is a free agent now after this upcoming season. But he is on the record saying to a group of reporters after the deal got done that, quote, I want to be a Viking forever. Uh, This guy has shown a lot of 
loyalty to this organization. He's never been an he's never been like an issue. He's never been like a vocal issue. Um, he's always been very appropriate during press conferences, in front of media, uh, doing things, organized events for the team, all that kind of stuff. Daniel has been an incredible employee for the Minnesota Vikings, and so I hope to an extent that they would want to reward reward him. But again, his contract was so complicated. The guaranteed money that he was supposed to get this year, $5.5 million, unacceptable. They got it figured out, $20 million. And that is now, I believe, in the pay grade of some of the upper-tier edge rushers in the NFL. It, it is appropriate for pay um, for what kind of services uh, Daniil Hunter provides. Uh, but again, I, I have to bring up just, I mean, what does this mean for the long-term future of Daniil Hunter? I mean, there are guys to pay on this team beyond next season, TJ Hawkinson, JJ Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson, JJ Jefferson, excuse me, Justin Jefferson, maybe also Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, yeah, that he's definitely going to be a free agent, but, you know, we can't rule out a possibility of Kirk Cousins coming back as well. So we have to ask ourselves, is there going to be enough cap room for Daniil Hunter uh, in the future here? And, um, you know, obviously Rob Brzezinski can. Uh, Potentially work some magic there. He's done it before where he's like pushed money back, but that to an extent has hurt the Vikings cap situation in certain times too. Um, I'm probably going to go on the record right now that I would be hesitant to think that Daniil's going to be on this team, be on this team beyond next season. Just again, got to pay some guys, but at least for this season, everybody's happy. He's happy. Um, you know, depending on the, how the season goes, maybe a longer-term contract for Daniel is more palatable, is more just a doable as well, depending on how he plays. So we'll have to see. But for now, this was just in incredibly necessary because this defense was not good next last year. And if it is going to get beyond, a, what was it, 31st overall in terms of defensive last year, in terms of all the other NFL teams, uh, yeah, this just, it had to happen, guys. It absolutely had to happen. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing I don't like so far about training camp, though, is these injuries that I see popping up. Yeah, guys are getting banged up left and right. Um, everybody's favorite, sad, most underrated backup of all time turn. You know who who knows how good he can be as a starter, but I think we're pretty good. Uh, Alexander Madison, he went down. Um, I want to say today or yesterday. Um, I can't remember as my memory serves me, but he went down. Um, guys are just going down left and right here. Um, are we concerned at all for the running back committee? Because I want—I know Kane Wangwu is—he's been dropping the ball at times. He's been fumbling um, just in practice, which I think some people would say, "Who cares? It's a—it's a training camp practice fumble. That's the time to not fumble." No, nobody's I don't think anybody's like throwing hit sticks out there like this is Madden. Like this is not the time to be fumbling. If anything, this is the time to cheat. Get some like uh, gorilla glue on your gloves so you do not let go of the ball um, because coaches are going to remember that, you, you know, the guy in the fan uh, in the stands who's watching is like, sure, whatever, who cares, whatever. The running back coach is like, nope, <laughs> that is yeah. that makes me look bad. And so you're going to get less touches now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I know they were talking on Purple Daily today that right now the the RB2 spot is wide open, wide open for the Vikings. Kene Wongwu is there, uh, but who knows if that is going to be the guy for them. Ty Chandler might be able to sneak in and kind of scurry in now that Alexander Madison's gone. He's going to get a little more action here. And I say gone as in like he might take 
a day or two off. Um, not like he's gone for good. Um, but Ty Chandler might have a little bit of a spotlight on him here the next coming days and can really make an impact and make a name for himself if he puts together a couple really solid day, uh, two days of practice here. Yeah, from my understanding, Alexander Madison's injury is not too serious, and they say he'll be fine. So this is always the time of the year where you just you're a little nervous. You're saying your <laughs> prayers before every practice, before you know every drill. It's like, please. Obviously, you don't want players to get hurt, but to get hurt before the season, like I kind of feel, even though this has nothing to do with the Vikings, I kind of feel for Joe Burrow, man. It's like, man. dang, just scrambling out of the pocket, bam, you know, calf strain. It's like, sheesh, Jalen Ramsey went down not too long ago. So it's like. Man, it's, it's just, it makes you nervous. And so when the Alexander Madison news came out, I was a little nervous until they said he's fine. He just limped off. It's something minor. He'll be okay. Just take a couple days off. It's one of them situations where you just kind of want to bubble wrap everybody. Like, you know what? <laughs> you guys don't have to practice. You just play a couple reps in the preseason, do a couple drills in training camp, and just be ready for the regular season. Um, As far as the depth at the running back position, I'm not. If Madison was seriously hurt, I'd be more concerned about it. Um. But I think they got some decent backups there. I think uh, uh, Wangu is, is solid. You know, I think Ty Chandler is solid. You know, we haven't seen a ton of them. And so, you know, we can't fully judge them until we really see them in action. But, I mean, we don't know about any player until we fully see him in action. And so I say give him a shot. I say give him a chance in these couple of days, evaluate him, um, give him some. Obviously, they're going to get some reps in preseason, check him out in preseason. And then if you feel a little, okay, we need to get a better RB2, a better RB3, then make the move. But as of now – I wouldn't change too much about this offense. I know we're, we're going to talk about this offensive line a bit, which may need some adjusting. But um, as far as the running back situation, as long as Madison is okay, I'm not too concerned. He's still going for over 1,000 yards, <laughs> darn it. It's still happening. I don't care. Limping and all, touchdown Alexander Madison is happening. Yeah, I'm not too worried about anything yet. Um, It's piled up. The injuries have piled up a little bit. Uh, Tristan Jackson, who actually I think I just read that he avoided ligament damage. So I don't know what the timetable is for him now, but he may not have to miss the entire season now. He got carted off, so it looked really bad. Andrew Booth is struggling to stay on the field, and he struggled to stay on the field last season. Um, I mean, he was a second-round pick, and he's got to prove that he can actually like be on the field in key moments, and right now, training camp is a pretty big deal for him, and for him to miss any time right now, especially as we're trying to figure out this cornerback room, got some new guys like Byron Murphy and stuff like that, um, Makai Bla- uh, Blackman as well, like, if he could be around. That would be really helpful. But uh, yeah, I, I, one of these, I can't remember which one of them has, I believe at least one or two fumbles already in training camp. I don't want to say who it is. I know one of the running backs does. That's obviously something to keep an eye on because yeah, that is a big way to lose snaps in pretty much any situation, uh, regular season, preseason, even in training camp. If, if you're fumbling now, I mean, it's going to be hard for the coaches to trust you in the regular season moving forward. So it's definitely not a time that you want to have any of that happening right now. Um, but I guess the other thing I, that we touched on in the open a little bit is this Dalton Reisner visit, guys. Um, uh, Risner, Reisner, one of those two. Uh, second round, Reisner. Okay, yeah. a second round pick back in 2019. I mean, this guy has not been in the league that long. He's 26 year old. He was drafted by Denver. He has started um, 62 games at left guard. 
Um, and we've got this Chris Reed situation right now where he's um, not on the field right now. I can't remember what the injury is with him. Um, maybe even future speculating, too. Ezra Cleveland is a free agent after next season, so maybe this could be something that would interest the Vikings maybe in long term as well. But would you guys be interested in bringing a guy like this in to beef up the offensive line? Do you think that is the best use of the Vikings' resources at this moment with the limited cap space that they have? It depends on if they think they would need to make a trade closer to the deadline. If you, because that's the biggest, like if you don't have cap space, you don't have that wiggle room to make like the TJ Hawkinson move that they did last year. Not saying they need to go get another tight end, but around the trade deadline time, teams are looking to move on from guys. And that's the time to really beef up. If you think you're going to be in a position to make the playoffs. And I think based on how, a lot of people, and granted, this might be a slight hometown bias here, but I think the Vikings are probably in the driver's seat to win the NFC North again this year. Packers have lost their franchise quarterback. We're not sure exactly what Jordan Love is going to be. I think I I think he's going to be better than what people are expecting um, for at least for like his first season commanding Green Bay. Uh, the Lions, you know, they were the up and coming, you know, cherry blossom last year that everybody loved. The Bears are still kind of working things out with Justin Fields and they've gotten more weapons now and they're go- they're getting better. I don't know how much better, but they they got better for sure. But I think the Vikings are still going to be the team to to beat when it comes to the NFC North. Um, but if you make this signing, who knows how much wiggle room you can to like get yourself maybe over the hump there and it, it, hindsight is is easy to say because i who knows exactly what you're going to need if you if you don't make that move maybe by like week four you think gosh darn it kirk is getting really beat up or like injury you get an injury plagued o-line and you're like god i wish we had that other body i wish we would have signed reisner but maybe not i don't know um if, if i had to say one thing or another I would ask, it depends on what Kirk wants, to be honest, <laughs> just because in, in this is where I think I probably differ from Quasi and KOC. Well, chaos, maybe not KOC, but Quasi. Um, Quasi is probably looking at like the long-term plan. Whereas I'm thinking in my mind, this is potentially the final year of Kirk Cousins era in Minnesota. Kirk, do you want this extra O-lineman? We have we have the capacity to take him on. Is this a guy that you want protecting you for the for the upcoming season? Yes, sweet. We'll get the job done. No, you think the you, you'd rather have like a better defense? You think it was fine, but for sure, we'll we'll use the the funds elsewhere. Um, so it comes down to kind of what Kirk wants. I know, I know there was a I saw like a little conspiracy connect the dots type of thing. Um, Kirk was wearing 66 and I know that was for a, a rookie. I want to say like something like that in practice, but Reisner, Dalton Reisner apparently was 66 with the Denver Broncos. And that was the day that he was visiting. So I, people were saying like, Oh, is he trying to recruit him and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, let's say that means Kirk does want him there. Then yeah, if you can, if you can settle on a deal and it help and it leaves you even a little bit of wiggle room for down the down the road to like kind of play with how the roster setup looks and everything like that. Go ahead and sign them. What do you guys think? Personally, one thing I cannot knock Kirk for, and I have been one to knock him quite a bit, but one thing I cannot knock him for is his toughness. Oh yeah. At some point though, he is getting older. And I want to say this year. 
Yes, he's mm-hmm. 35. And I know like Tom Brady has set this new gold standard for players or at least quarterbacks trying to play into their 40, close to 50. But like every quarterback isn't going to make it that far. Kirk Cousins was sacked 46 times last year. 46. He was the third most sacked quarterback in the entire NFL behind Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. And so when you put that into consideration, I might go to Kirk and say, this is what's best for you. (laughs) I might go to Kirk and say, like, you know how, you know, in in certain boxing matches and stuff, at at some point you throw in the towel, just save save the fighter from himself. You know, maybe they should have did that for Earl Spence this past weekend. Save the fighter, you know, from himself and just throw in the towel. For Kirk, it's one of those situations. Look, I'm going to bring in as much offensive line help as possible, as we can possibly bring in to help you not get hit as much. Because at some point, God forbid an injury. At some point, the more you get hit, the the chances of you getting hurt go up. And so, you know, at the very least, it'd be nice for some depth. You know what I mean? Like, you know, at the end of the day, I I think it will be a move that I make. I think Kirk Cousins is a smart guy. I don't think he just put on that 66 for no reason. Um, And so I, I, I don't... I don't think I don't believe in coincidences. Basically, I don't think that was coincidental. Um, so I I personally would do it if you tell me like, look, if we don't spend this money on this offensive lineman, we can get this you know premier you know free agent on the defensive side of things. I might consider it. We make this trade for this defense player, then it's like okay, you know, because the defense still you know it needs some work. So you know you got to you know weigh the pros and the cons with that. But if you're not going to use that money for defense then I am definitely looking at boasting up that offensive line. Also, I yeah. just want to say my Kirk Cousins 66 throwback jersey is on the way right now. Thank you. In red. In red. <laughs> Thank you, Fanatics, for making that one In work. In red. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, if that was totally intentional by Kirk, that sounds like something like Aaron Rodgers would do. I love that. That's so just, like, passive-aggressive, and it's just so – it's so it would be so intentionally purposeful by Kirk, and I, I just love that. If you're just like, no, yeah, I'll send a message here by wearing this jersey. I love it. I don't know. Maybe his other number eight red jersey was in the wash that day or something like that. I don't know. I guess I'll play play devil's advocate. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm I admit, I mean, I'm not terribly confident. No offense, and uh, with Ed Ingram at the right guard position, and I believe Judd did ask KOC straight up at the press conference. Um, if they talked about with uh, Risner, uh, uh, if he could play right guard as well. And I think KOC just kind of played coy. I don't think he actually answered the question or anything. But I would have assumed that would be a conversation because, again, you still have Ezra Cleveland here at left guard. And he's a, you know, he's a pretty solid player. I'm confident with him as of right now going into the season as him being the left guard. So, if anything, I think the right guard would be the one that would be potentially a place for Risner. Um, but and I don't know if he's had any other visits. I don't know if he's you know checked another place. If he's just hopping place to place or something like that, or if this is the most legitimate interest that he's had uh, uh, at this point. I mean, obviously we're deep into training camp, so I'm assuming he wants to get a contract signed and he wants to get it signed as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, he he is more of a run, uh, no, excuse me, a pass blocking uh, guard than he is a run blocking one. So if um, that would potentially benefit Kirk for sure, um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I can't think. I mean, there's there's not much else out there at this point, too. I mean, yeah, I, I think if you want to go get a stud defensive player, it would have to be via trade. There's not going to be a lot of guys on on the market at this point. 
And again, we're pretty deep into training camp. Um, I don't know how many teams kind of want to make a big deal at this point. I think this is something they probably want to want to have done uh, before all these teams reported and before these joint practices are going to start here as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Um, but if if we do sign this guy, I mean, he's probably going to start right away. He is probably going to take Ed Ingram's place. Or, I don't know, maybe they move Cleveland to right guard and they keep him at left guard. I don't really know. I wouldn't really be really hopeful about that kind of situation. I would rather uh, have the new guy play the right guard if possible. But I'm still giving Ed Ingram a chance. Again, we invested a third-round pick in him. So, I mean, you kind of want him to get, you know, to improve, get a little bit better. Played a lot last season. Stepped on too many feet, though. Got to get that figured out. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on it and keep an eye on a whole bunch of other training camp things. Uh, by the way, my last comment is, uh, before we probably move on to our next conversation, uh, Jordan Addison is looking so good, guys. These videos that we're posting here on Score North of him doing all this fancy footwork and all this kind of stuff, it is looking really, really good, and it looks like the Vikings got a good wide receiver, too. He's right going to help open up that field, boy. It's mm-hmm. going to be special. I think him and Justin Jefferson with Hawkinson mm-hmm. is going to be special. It is going to be special. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he keeps doing in camp. And some would say it's going to exceed the limit of this <laughs> offense's previous Why? boundaries. Why so, would you do that? Why would you do that? I don't know cheap what you mean. Shot. Cheap shot. I don't, know, uh, I don't know what you mean. So unnecessary. <laughs> so unnecessary. It was a it was an emergency, sir. It was an emergency. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on with the conversation today here on Taxi Squad. Uh, baseball fans, your Minnesota Twins. Since we last spoke to you here on Taxi Squad, they went one in three, including a sweep to one of the worst teams in all the baseball, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they're currently uh, losing seven to three in the bottom of the seventh to the Cardinals, looking like they're going to split that series. As of right now, the current record is fifty-five and fifty-three, and they currently have a two and a half game lead up on the Cleveland Guardians. And oh, hey, by the way, uh, the MLB trade deadline happened this past week. Whole lot of moves going on in Major League Baseball. A lot of reckless speculation out there about what the Minnesota Twins would do. We even had Doogie in the Smoky Mountains saying that the Twins were definitely looking at relief pitching and a right-handed bat the morning of the trade deadline. And as the 5 p.m. Central uh, time uh, deadline uh, passed, Crickets, 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 crickets. About 5.03 is when the beat writers for the Twins um, on all the media outlets started reporting. Yep, uh, no moves. The Minnesota Twins decided to stand pat at the trade deadline. Now, um, it might be a little easy to roast the Twins for sure. I mean, social media is absolutely ablaze. There have been some scathing articles written about um, the organization and just the reasons about why the Twins decided to do this. Um, we'll lay out some pros, we'll lay out some cons, um, but I just want to get AJ's reaction first to, um, just, I think what surprised a lot of people, I think most people thought the twins were going to buy. There was a conversation being made that they would sell, but to stand pat, I think honestly surprised everyone. And if you want to sneak in an anecdote about any of the moves that the Cubs made at the deadline, feel free. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that Doogie's and I, I feel bad for the reporters because I I am sure that they had like legitimate sources saying, you know, hey, we're looking at this. We're making calls. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that's the truth. And then for them to just kind of stand pat and not make a single move at the deadline. Oh, God, it's just it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, I know quick thanks to 
one of my favorite baseball writers, Bob Nightingale, for just giving the <laughs> AL Central to the Minnesota Twins today. Uh, they're only two games up as of the tweet earlier today, but you know, every they stood pat while every other team got worse, um, which is true. The Guardians are just they're they're saying, here you go, take the AL Central. We really don't want to win. It's wild. Um, and the Twins. <laughs> They, they, they don't do anything. There's uh, a plethora of relievers that could have helped them. They don't make a move for any of them. Um, there is a, not, not a plethora, but a, a, a decent number of like, okay, that could be a decent right-handed bat that the Cubs or uh, the twins lineup, excuse me, rather uh, very much could use and need, but no, we don't need to go get any of those. Um, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, how do you follow up? What is the best way to follow up getting swept by one of the worst teams in baseball by not doing anything to be a buyer? I love it. The, uh, they, they were like a very cautious black Friday shopper. They, <laughs> they go to the department store. Oh, look at that deal. Oh, look at that. Oh, that'd be nice in our living room, blah, blah, blah. And then they walk out with an empty cart. Nothing. Don't even bother. Don't even bother filling it up. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, the one, the one somewhat silver lining is that today the Padres designated for assignment, Brent Honeywell, right-handed reliever. He was a former top prospect. Um, I want to say he had spent time within the Rays organization before moving to the Padres. Um, That could be wrong. That could be wrong because there's I, I I might be thinking of another like honey something name, but um but I I but what I do know is that is a reliever now that you can go and sign for free and he has promise he's it's upside there's there's only upside to that signing that would be the only move that could suffice doing nothing is that you're like okay now the the, the Padres are giving us a reliever call him up hey Brent. Come on over to Minnesota. We need another. We need, we need another bullpen arm. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's it's honestly astonishing to just not do anything. And I had a great conversation uh, yesterday with Grant Wenkstern of My Talk 107. We were talking about how back in 2005 they were right on the verge of potentially trading for Alfonso Soriano, and then just kind of pulled out. And granted, that was the year that the White Sox won like 96 games or whatever, and that ended up winning the world series. So whatever, but if, if, you know, if you, if you go ahead and make that trade and you're and everything else magically happens the same, that that team next year would have been unbelievable. If you can extend Soriano, blah, blah, blah. Mm. What's, what's wrong with being, what's wrong with being aggressive. Can I throw some numbers your guys's way? Do you mind if I throw some numbers your way real quick here, please? All right. So during the trade hullabaloo yesterday, <laughs> MLB Network raked together. They had their stat guys. They had their their number crunchers go together, and they went and they crunched the numbers for the past decade of like deadline MLB deals. Right over the past decade, from the window of 2013 to 2022, for trade deadline deals. 573 prospects were dealt over that time period. Okay. About a decade, 573 of those 573, 17, one, seven 
went on to become prospects that were impact players within the organization that they were traded to. That is 3% on the nose. But you're thinking, okay, AJ, what does that mean? Some people are impacted in different ways. Well, you're right. You're right. So I'm going to widen the gap. We're going to widen the gap here. We're going to say prospects that became impact players or contributors. And I believe what they said was contributors was like, they played 60 games minimum within the organization they were trading to. The number jumps up shockingly to 62 out of 573, only 62 prospects dealt in the past decade. That is 10.8% became not, not, not even impact players, contributors. That what is the point of holding on to these prospects? And granted, I do want to say the twins prospect pool is not what it used to be. They don't have, they, they, they have the kiddie pool where some other organizations have a farm system. That's like, you know, an Olympic swimming pool. Uh, You're shin high when it comes to the twins. They don't have much anymore, but to just not do anything. Trade the trade the guy that can't even buy a beer yet. You don't know what he's going to do in seven years when he finally gets up to the MLB, if he <laughs> ever does. What you do know is you have Carlos Correa. You have Matt Walner now. You have Alex Kirilov now. Byron Buxton, if he gets in a groove and can do what he usually is known to do at the plate, you're dangerous. And then you have one of the best pitching rotations you've had in a long time for the Minnesota Twins. Joe Ryan, and granted, it has been... A little lackluster recently. I do want to say that, but Tonight you have, especially, Oof. but you have, uh, you have Joe Ryan, you have Lopez. I know Sonny Gray's numbers the past few times out have been bad, but we know what he can do. It's, it's, it's astonishing to me that these teams don't want to just move on from from guys that you know are they're just, they're they're going to be like us. They're going to have a podcast in six years. Uh, like, like it, it's, to replace it's us. Oh no. Crazy that they just don't want to make trades. So, um, uh, not, and that, sorry, that was a terrible, that is no. I need to take a shot at anybody here, <laughs> including. My, my <laughs> no, don't worry. Nobody's replacing yeah. us. No whatever. one is replacing. Oh, part of the score North network. Um, and open up an hour in my week. It's just crazy to me. I, I, yeah. I, I've been on, this has been a small ramble um, and I'm sure twins fans that are more diehard twins fans than myself. Like I said, I, like Jason uh, alluded to earlier, I'm more of a Cubs fan. Um, y- y- this team does not deserve you guys. <laughs> it, does not, I, it does not deserve you. Uh, they, they continuously oh. go out and just, they, they are dragging. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't even know. I don't have the white words, right words to describe it. But it's essentially they're just kind of holding on for dear life, uh, and they do the bare minimum. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible. They're the manager. Everybody's here worked a part time job before, I would assume, mm-hmm. and everybody's had that manager that's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I need you to do this and this and this and this and this, and then come talk to me, and then like you make a pass by their office. And they're just, they got their feet kicked up watching TV or they're napping or something like that. Well, you do all like the, you're, you know, you're scrubbing the toilets and you're uh, wiping the dust off the underside of tables and that type of thing. And you're like, can you help out a little bit? The twins are that manager right now. They, they're, <laughs> they're, they, they have all the, they are in the position that they are, but they just do not deserve the effort and the time that you're putting in. It is, it's crazy. 
just how much Man. and how little I should say how little they actually do to like make their their fan base get, have a reason to rally behind them for a team that in 20 years has not won mm-hmm. a playoff game. And, and, and the sad thing is that's the bar. That's the bar <laughs> for you. You're, yep. you're going, you just got handed the division. All you have to do is play mediocre to above average baseball for the remainder of the season. And then your one goal, you could get, you could lose every other game by 10. If you win one 50 to 75% of that fan base, I would imagine is going to be like, okay, thank you. I appreciate you. This is why I committed my time. The bar is so low. The bar. Yep. Like Jason, you, you don't even want a world series right now. That, that is the least of your concerns. Your first Which thing is, is insanity. Your, your first thing is just win a playoff game. Yeah. Not even a series. We're yeah. talking about a single game, nine innings. And this year, you're talking about two and a half hours of happiness. That's it. That's all you're asking for. Two and a half hours of happiness. You want to sit down and watch, like, I don't know. Um, You want to sit down and watch the Lego movie. And you're like, oh, great that's movie. the equivalent I want. Oh, from- top 10 it's a great movie um you're like i want to sit down and watch kung fu panda that's it just i want to sit down and watch something that's gonna bring me joy for two and a half hours and then and then the sequels can be terrible you don't care about (laughs) the sequels yeah you just want the original you just want one win it's so sad i i feel i genuinely feel bad for you and everybody that is like relentlessly supporting this team unwavering support you need to be frustrated um oh yeah kudos to Yankees fans because they at least have a little bit of a backbone like I've seen fire cashman videos uh, breaking <laughs> right. out chance breaking out the stadium it's it's crazy they in if they don't if they don't it they have to fire everybody everybody has to go Levine Falvey I know Rocco had I know I know he's been handed and kind of controlled from the top in terms of some of these statistic things unfortunately you gotta go Yep. If you don't win a playoff game, you all have to go. The only people that should be left are the pole lads, and then a giant because because they can't fire themselves, and 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 then a giant a giant gap where it goes like there's no president of uh, baseball operations, there's no analytics department, there's no blah 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 blah, there's nobody, there's nobody. There's nobody Maybe the only thing before you get to like the players is like the guy, like the medicals, not even the medical staff, not even the medical staff because people don't stay healthy. It, <laughs> I, I, who, 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 the bad boy, yeah. the ball boy. Um, it, it, there's the hot dog guy. Yeah. To go. I don't understand how this team is just like, we want to, we, it, it, they're a student that wants a C plus and that's it. <laughs> they they want to C plus. They're going home and they're like, "Mom, throw it on the fridge." C plus. <laughs> I'm going to Harvard. Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy that they just don't shoot for the stars. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, actually that, that, look, that was no, so- that was passionate. That was great, and that was an outside perspective. AJ's not a Twins fan, folks. He is a diehard Cubs fan, and I'm sure he was very happy about the moves that they made at the deadline as well. But it, it it was very okay. Maybe so so. Um, yeah, it kept yeah, Bellinger I mean, for, at least for a team for a team that was five games out, like at the like place of the deadline, they did enough. But there's also more relievers. I think they probably could have done. Um, but uh, they got Heimer Candelario, Candyman. Yes, yes, 
Who was um, also linked to the twins. You took him from us. Come on, man. That could have been our let's trade. Be on it. Come, let's on, be on it. come on. You want to you want to know what what Falvey offered? Oh, Instead, I don't even want to think about it. Um, probably maybe like bag a bag of pitching bucket machine. of balls. Uh, yeah, pitching machine and like bubble and those like, foot long hot dogs in center them. field. That's that's what he's like. Okay, you don't. And then yeah, okay. Yeah, next. some right center field mini donuts. Those are really Jason. Good. Your your feelings on. Yeah, I mean, dude, you pretty much took all the words out of my mouth. I pretty (laughs) much uh, share the exact same sentiment with you. It was perplexing to see that I was just waiting. Once it got to like four o'clock, I was just like, okay, come on, come on, come on. Something's (laughs) got to give here. But nothing actually did. And yeah, a lot of people are holding this regime accountable. A lot of stuff has been written. A lot of people, you know, don't really want Falvey and Levine to stick around anymore. Um, here's the one, problem, though. Sorry, one more thing, too. Yes. I, not even just being buyers. They they could have also just been a seller, and I think people would have been happy in the sense yeah. of Sonny Gray. Yeah, he just do something. He doesn't want to be here. It's no, a guy who's like openly said, I kind of just want to retire because this place stinks. Not the yeah. place. He just doesn't. He he doesn't like Rocco. He doesn't like the system of the twins. He doesn't like the philosophy in the locker room. How the and granted, you weren't going to get a lot for him, but to not get anything at all for a guy that just let's, just yeah. doesn't want to be here. But yeah, let's, go ahead. Let's just ahead. let's just go through it here. I mean, uh, David Robinson was traded for like a twenty-first ranked prospect. Uh, Tommy Pham, I think, was traded for a teenager. Um, Paul Sewell, I think he was traded for like a 29th and nineteenth overall prospect. Andrew Schaffen. Uh, was traded for like a triple A reliever, Brad Hand. Where did, yeah, where, did, where, did, where did Andrew Chafin go? Uh, he he played. He was with the Diamondbacks, which is surprising that he was traded because they're a good team. I don't know. It doesn't really say on where I'm reading this right now. That's weird. I know he started. Um, I think it was another National League team, though. I'm pretty sure it was to another contender. It was a contender to contender trade. But anyway, I mean, CJ Crone, former twin, he was traded for like a 20th overall prospect. Anyway, the point is. Uh, Candelario, by the way, took only the Cubs 14th and 16th ranked prospects. Mm-hmm. Point is, there were plenty of players out there to be had, like there are most trade deadlines. Usually there are plethora of, you know, corner outfielders and relief pitchers anyway, like there were this market. Um, Mark Candle, like he was traded for the 30th ranked prospect in the Brewer system. For goodness sakes, it wasn't going to take much to get a trade done, guys. It really wasn't going to take much. Now, to lay out the timeline here, um, Aaron Savali, a uh, really good pitcher for the Guardians uh, this season. He has been for a couple of years. He got traded to Tampa. He was traded about uh, 24 hours before the actual trade deadline. So maybe the Twins got that sense okay because Cleveland now has, uh, waved the white flag and they ended up trading Josh Bell as well. Um, they also traded for Noah Syndergaard for, for some reason. I don't know why they did that, whatever. I'm not going to debate that with them. Um, but maybe for whatever reason, the twins thought about being more aggressive, but then they saw Cleveland get rid of their players and they're like, Oh, I guess we don't have to really invest much in this team anyway. Look, I mean, my long-term prospect for this team isn't very high. I mean, obviously they have the best chance to win the division and yes, I actually think they can win a playoff game. This might actually be stewing for the perfect scenario for them to win a playoff game. And why is that? Because there won't be any expectations whatsoever for this team going into the playoffs. Likely, they are not going to finish with a better than, you know, five games over 500 record or something like that. So it's not like 
you know, there's going to be a lot of people picking them to really do well in the playoffs. They're going to get a really good team, too. Now, they might not get the, the top-seeded team because the wild-card team will ultimately get that one, but they're going to get, you know, you know, one of those AL East teams or, you know, whoever comes out of the West, too. So they're not going to be picked to win that series whatsoever. So, I mean, pressure's off. Go win a playoff game then. I think, you know, the seasons that the Twins have made the playoffs, there's been a ton of pressure. There was a ton of pressure in 2006. That team was just popping at the right time. Yeah, Santana leading the ERA, uh, leading the ERA race. Maurer won the batting title. Morneau won the MVP. There was pressure that season. Uh, there was pressure in 09 because it was last year at the Metrodome. You wanted to culminate that with, uh, you know, a good playoff series. Ultimately, it got swept by the Yankees. Uh, 2010 opening target field. You wanted to hit that off with the bang. You ultimately got swept by the Yankees again. The Bomba squad in 2019. I mean, you set the major league record in home runs. You're going to have some pretty high expectations going into the playoffs because of that. But you didn't make a really very good moves at the deadline and ultimately got swept by the Yankees again. So if this is tracking the way it is, actually, I'm actually weirdly confident that the twins will actually win a playoff game because of all this, but still it, I'm still not hopeful about all this. And, you know, in terms of like Falvey and Levine's job security, even Rocco's job security, look, um, we look at what we look at what the angels just did. They went all in to try to keep Otani, right? Um, even though he's a free agent at the end of the season, they made a bunch of moves, acquiring guys like Lucas Giolito and some other guys as well. Um, CJ Crone, Speaking of which, and they went all in and there's people wondering about the Angels GM's job if Otani doesn't resign. And so he's recognizing a situation. All right. I've really got to go all in right now because potentially there's some job security here. Falvin didn't go all in. They stood pat, which indicates to me that they got to feel pretty dang good about their job security going into next year, no matter what happens this season. Because if there was more of a sense of urgency that there, it was getting a little hot underneath their seats, I think they would have actually made at least a move and not just stood pat. So uh, Falvey explained that just, you know, he was talking with teams, but things fizzled out for whatever reason. Again, I don't know. Maybe they'll explain more as the season goes on of why they ultimately didn't make a move here. Again, I don't, I don't really tend to believe my theory that like they got, they, decided not to because Cleveland made a move on Savali 24 hours before the deadline and they had enough time to make a decision between in there. I don't know. I just, I just think they kind of recognized and you know what, maybe this is one of the pros of doing something like this. They are at least maybe being self-aware that this team isn't worth massively investing in, but to not make one trade when you are in first place, no matter what your record is, and it's about to be 55 and 54 it still just is deflating because it is keeping an interest uh, here in the market about the twins, no matter what, you know, we're going to be watching these playoff games. We're going to be talking about on taxi squad, but it's just another disappointing deadline in the seven years of this front office. And now I'm questioning the rest of this season, which there was a lot to question, but also, like, okay, what's this mean for 2024? What's it mean for 2025? Because we didn't add any pieces that maybe were controllable for the next couple of years or whatever. But we also didn't gain any prospects that we can watch over the next one, two, or three years to get excited for either. It's just in the battle versus good and evil, you must pick a side. Jedi, Sith, paper, plastic, whatever it is, just at least do something. 
especially when you're in first place in the division. It's just so frustrating. And, and yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep paying attention. But now it's just kind of just, you know, you got your hand on your chin like this, like I'm doing on camera, even though this is a podcast, we can all see each other. And you're just letting out a big, ah, now as you just watch out the rest of the season, it's just, mm-hmm. we have reached the pinnacle of complacency with this team. And, and it's unfortunately made for an apathetic fan base too. Now, honestly, I'm just ready to kind of just bail and not care and kind of accept our fate. But again, maybe they're going to win a playoff game. Might be might, that might be stewing. I don't know. It's just oh my god. This is yeah. This has been definitely the worst, them, uh, worst well, deadline the, in the regime's era. So them winning the playoff, it like it's going to end a drought. But it's going to be the equivalent of Pat Bev standing on the table after, uh, <laughs> like it like it's a cool moment. But it doesn't mean anything. You didn't actually win anything. Like it was like a movie. Yeah. There was. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be a July win over the Brewers or something like that. That's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we just gotta kind of sit and watch it, and that's that's just how it, how it's gonna be. Again, most disappointing trade deadline in maybe one of all of Twins franchise history, maybe. But definitely in this in this era in the last seven years for sure. But again, maybe arguments were to be made that they shouldn't have made some big deals anyway. Um, we got to wrap things up here on the Score North Taxi Squad again. A tons of stuff to talk about with the Vikings, and this is probably one, some of the most animated Twins conversation we're going to have too. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll update you as well. But uh, just, just wait till the, they win the World Series, huh? What if? What if? Uh. What if? I'm just saying, saying there's a chance. But, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week for sure because we got a whole lot more Vikings coverage to get through and everything. I mean, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. It's football season. We're pretty much going to be going weekly till the end of the season at this point. Uh, gentlemen, we've got to wrap things up. Any uh, final words before we get on out of here? I have one thing to say really quick before we end this show. I never want to hear another professional athlete come out and say, analysts or people who have never played this sport, quote unquote, don't know what they're talking about. I have to talk about this for a hot second. The NFL's top 100 list is utter disrespect. It's utter blasphemy. I will make this as quick as possible. Devontae Smith, number 100. Number 100, but you got Amon St. Brown who had less yards, less touchdowns, and less reception, or on more receptions. You got him at 67. James Barbary was an all-pro player, didn't make the list. Hassan Reddick, three years straight Double-digit sack totals. Number 46, Lane Johnson played on a torn groin. Hasn't given up a sack in like two years. He's number 41. You got freaking Pat Sertan, who might be the best cornerback in the league. You got uh, him at 49. You got Sauce Gardner at 23. I like Sauce Gardner, but, I mean, how many spots does he over Pat Sertan? Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions after missing five games, but he's at 56. But you got Trevor Lawrence at 96? You got Justin Fields at 86. I, look, I, I'm over it. D Hop. I love I, I I love D Hop. I love D Hop. Last two seasons, he hasn't had a thousand yards. Somehow he's above Smitty. He's above um Scary Terry. I don't like that. Zach Martin, one of the best at his position in the league. 99 overall in Madden. He's number 68. Aaron Rodgers had one down gear. He's number 51. I love Kirk Cousins, but he's rated higher than Aaron Rodgers. No Hawkinson? Yeah. No DK Mecca? I'm done. Never tell me again that people that have not played the sport don't know what they're talking about. Because some of you guys don't know what you're talking about either. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm no, done. I, I hate it yeah. too so much. It's it's the equivalent of it, – it's like when Shaq, it, like on TNT, Shaq and, 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 and Chuck are going at it and he's like, 
well, you didn't win a ring. You didn't win a ring, Chuck. I got I got a championship, Chuck. Shaq, you forget you, Charles Barkley was a dog at one point. You gotta respect like yeah. he, he he's able to have an opinion on the sport of basketball. Like, let's relax. Um it's ridiculous. But yeah, but yeah, we, like you know, it, it it's it's annoying. And granted, I do I do love when the when it, the car gets pulled, like the all time clip of I I forget who was it Jalen Rose checking Skip Bayless on live television, being like, "You average one point two points throughout high school." Is that is that who you? Like, yeah, that's an all time <laughs> clip. Other than that, though, I hate that argument. A lot of these guys who you consider unathletic nerds, they've watched more film and game. Then you have t- you. Then you have playing time. These guys eat, sleep, breathe the sport that you love also and played forever. They, just because they didn't play, you know what? God, hey, God forbid, I'm punished for not having an opinion because I wasn't gifted with uh, a six foot four frame and all this. Like, hey, I'm five foot eight. I you know I I got a lot of heart, but you know everything else doesn't matter. Like, people have opinions. They can be knowledgeable about stuff. Um, last thing, my last word, and then we will, um, I, and I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but I, I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of talk that AJ Brown is oh. a top five receiver. <laughs> Why would you do this? I've heard, oh, no. I mean, and, and it's, it's too bad that we have to end the show. Otherwise we would have a conversation about this, but I, for one, want to say, I don't think that AJ Brown is a top five receiver in the NFL. <gasps> Oh, no. oh my gosh! No! <laughs> oh my gosh, folks! You may have just witnessed the end of Taxi Squad as we know it. These oh, gentlemen no, may not no, be able to there. work together. Oh all jokes, all jokes. I'm fighting I, words. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm thankful that you two are not in the same studio right now. A little look, oh, ladies and gentlemen, listening. A little look behind the scenes. Artist was uh, he, he? He does. Uh, he's been releasing rankings for the upcoming NFL season, and let's just say. Because of his rankings, he's had a few disagreements with people in his comments section. Um, so I just wanted to get him riled up. I don't actually, I think AJ Brown is an absolute talent in the NFL. Um, I don't have my list <laughs> and ranks, but I bet you he's up there. Um, so I, you could argue a top five. Like there's some, there's obviously guys in front of him, no doubt. But to say that it's five would be, I think, interesting. You can make a case for it. I think absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, and like uh, and like you said, it, it it's based off what artists like just solely based off like what they're going to do last all, year this upcoming all, year, right? All of, yeah, all of the rankings. I make it quick. All of the rankings I did quarterbacks and I'm doing receivers now. They're all based off of what we've seen from recent years, like the last two years, when it comes to productivity, when it comes to production, and what I believe they will do this upcoming season. So that's what they're all based off. And yeah. I said, freaking AJ Brown's number five. He's fourth in in yards and number two in touchdowns. And everybody wanted to take my head off. Like guys, he's he dominated last year. He killed in freaking Tennessee in the, in a run first offense. And this is what it, 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 I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I, I just want to oh get your blood just, pumping right before we we, we end. I just, so the, this, the top one hundred list wow. did it. The top one hundred list did it. When Devontae Smith was number one hundred, I was already done. Yeah. It was already done. Jason, uh, we post the podcast, put a disclaimer in the description. It's like the final 10 minutes are not Minnesota sports related whatsoever. No. Just you can cut it off 10 minutes to go if you really don't want to listen to it. Otherwise, artist gets a little riled up. Uh, awesome. It's, it's great. It's great. He's going to make more videos now. That's all he's going to do. Yes. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think they ranked Eric Kendricks like 94. So, yeah. Bro, I mean, I, I, I don't, let's just, I mean, whatever. Respect to him and everything like that. But the, yeah, the list 
was kind of weird, but I hope everybody enjoyed the Score North social media content me and content that me and Declan would post about the top 100 list. We definitely post about Kirk Cousins ranking and some other Vikings that made it. So I hope everybody at least uh, joined that. Uh, enjoyed that. Hashtag NFL top 100. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for Taxi Squad uh, this week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on there if you're listening on there. Spotify as well. The best way to support us, though, is to listen to us on scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app. You can find pretty much all of your favorite Score North podcasts on the website and on the app. Check that out. Check out Taxi Squad. Check out everything we've got. We'll be back next week for another hard-hitting conversation about Vikings training camp and maybe the Twins will play better. I don't really know. And some other fun conversations as well. For Artist Woods and AJ Fredrickson, I am Jason Stormer. We will talk to you next time, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.